Welcome to DAC Beechcroft's Lawcast. My name is Greg Godding, Head of the Strategic Service Line at DAC Beechcroft. In this edition of our podcast, Sally Roth, Head of Regulatory at DAC Beechcroft, is joined by Kevin Hart, Director of Inspiration All Limited, to discuss the importance of leadership and managing change to develop a healthy business, particularly in the context of the global pandemic. My name is Sally Roth, Partner and Head of Regulatory, Health and Safety. I am joined by Kevin Hard, Director of Inspiration All Limited and Client Development at Ryder Marsh Arcade, to discuss the importance of leadership and managing change to develop a healthy business, particularly in the context of the global pandemic. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks, Sally. And uh, yeah, hello, everybody. Looking forward to having a chat. So, Kevin, what challenges do organisations and their leaders face as a result of the global pandemic, do you think? I think that I mean, there's, there's several um, areas to look at, really. It's about the organisation, where that's headed. It's about the people, how they feel about what's happening, what might be happening. So to me, I think the, the biggest challenges are the mindset of the, the people coming back to work. Some of them mm-hmm. might have been impacted directly by what's happened. Um, a loved one, a part of the family. Some people might not believe in it. Some people uh, might have heard about somebody who's been impacted by it. So they'll come back with different mindsets. And the other challenge you've got, you've got different personalities in your teams, in the organisation. Some will want to go gung-ho and let's get on with this. Let's get this production on the road again. Some will be cautious and think, well, hold on, we, we shouldn't be doing this. There's the environment to think about. So there's mental health of the people as the environment you're working in. So many challenges. And I think the most important thing is to be flexible enough to understand what is going to work for those people. I was just going to say, so really some really uncertain times for us. So uh, key messages around that. I'm sure you must have some key messages for leaders in such uncertain times. It's absolutely about having... Um, a clear, unambiguous direction for the organisation. Are we going into new markets? Are we going to stay where we were, but be better or different to what we're doing? So it's having clear, unambiguous direction. And that will give people certainty because neuroscience shows us if people aren't certain about something, they're not going to perform to the best that they can do. So that's absolutely essential. And I think it's, it's getting, as a leader, to let people know how they be a part of this direction, part of this strategy. Because I think if you've got a vision as a leader and your people are not a part of it, it's like a mirage. It's not a vision, it's a mirage. So you've got to understand and let your people know, engage with them of how they can be a part of this vision. Um, and I think it's about, really, it, it's about having this purpose. And I think Deloitte showed that if the organisation has a purpose that people can buy into, Engagement goes up by about 73 to 74%. There's all sorts of good reasons for engaging with your people with this unambiguous, clear direction and purpose. Okay, so that's really interesting, Kevin. I can completely understand what you're saying in terms of having clarity of purpose. But what practically can organisations do to enable their teams to, well, thrive rather than just survive? 
Yeah, I think that's essential, Sally. I think it's really good use of the words there. We need thriving organisations, not just surviving, because those people will, yeah, they'll sort of bump along the bottom. They won't inspire their people. And I think there's there's quite a few things we can actually do. I think engaging with your people is absolutely essential, whether it's at organisational level or right down to team level. And I believe absolutely passionately that management is old fashioned. We need leaders. We don't need managers. We need leaders at every level of the organization. who has got emotional intelligence, empathy with the people they're working with. I think that is critical. I think we should go out and listen to people, not go out and talk to them. At a conference, I ask people, I say, how many people go out and talk to their people? And everybody puts their hands up. Yeah, aren't we great? Well, actually, we shouldn't go out and talk to them. We should go out and listen to them because I think there's a massive difference. There. It makes them feel valued and more importantly, makes them feel valuable. When this happens, you get so much happening in the body. You get your endorphins. You move from cortisol. If nobody cares about you, if you don't feel valued, you get cortisol. That's your stress drug. If you do feel valued, you get oxytocin. It, it transforms the person and the neuroscience aspect, the positivity in the people. And I think uh, another big thing for leaders is not to think you have to make all the decisions. I really think leaders... It's a bit old-fashioned, isn't it? You're a leader, you've got to make those decisions. I think that's a dangerous place to be, especially nowadays with new challenges coming, new ideas, new problems, new issues. We should understand as leaders who in our team has what skills. So if we've got a problem A, we get you know, Dave or Alice or whoever who actually can help us think about that. Two things that does, it helps us solve problems easier, more diverse thinking, you know, everybody's talking about diversity and inclusion. What about diversity of thinking? So we can get different people in to solve different issues. That means understanding as a leader who in your team can offer what skill sets. And they feel valued and valuable again. They can be part of decision making. And you'll you know, you make much better decisions, of course. Um, I think one of the also or the other things is about empowerment. A lot of people talk about empowerment. Oh, we've tried to empower our people. It didn't work. Again, it's understanding that people are different. It's not too hard if you've got a team of eight, ten people to understand those people and what drives them, what motivates them. But I think the key thing about empowerment is people can make decisions based on information, not instruction. And I think in the safety world, there's a massive opportunity there. So we go and tell people this is how you should do it. The front line are doing it completely differently. Why aren't we listening to them? Why are they doing it differently? Why, they, why is it safer the way they're doing it? Why is it easier? Why is it more effective? So I think this empowerment is about making decisions based on information, not instruction, listening to that and sharing that with the rest of the organization as well. So four or five points there that I think we can actually you know, implement and make the place a, a damn sight better where people can actually thrive, feel valued, feel valuable and uh, you know, take it from there. Well, that's really, really great to hear and um, some really practical steps which can be implemented. But as you know, with all organisations, it's about the, as you know, you'll be able to tell my age because I'm going to say pounds, shillings and pence. It, it's about the direct impact and benefit that organisations can see as a result of adopting these types of approaches. Are you able to tell us a little bit about the benefits that organisations can, can can achieve by implementing those sorts of practical steps? Yeah, again, Sally, we 
you know, we've worked with a few of these people. We've done been involved with research as well as you know, analyzing research. We've actually done our own research into this sort of stuff. And I think, again, the big problem is organizations want metrics. They want to count something because they can then show the shareholders and the stakeholders what they've done. And I think that's a big opportunity to get rid of. If it's about people, maybe you're getting more ideas coming through because you're listening to people all of a sudden. Maybe people are happier. And in terms of caring for your people, there's a lot of research being done by the government body engaging for success, which showed if you're not cared for, if you're not valued, you actually get distracted, you're anxious, you think less clearly, poorer performance, a weakened immune system. Now, everybody's focusing on well-being over the last couple of years because they think they should. Why they haven't done it for the last 100 years, I don't know, but it seems to be a fad at the moment. Um, so if you're not cared or valued, you've got this sort of hostility in the workplace. You're not thinking straight. And those people take 10 or 12 days off a year. If they feel valued and cared for because you're listening to them, you're talking with them, not at them, then you get this oxytocin coming into the body where they're more positive, more focused, willing to collaborate. There's discretionary effort that nobody's looking for. Well, care about your people and you'll get it. You know, they'll give something back. I went to China and I did a, a conference in China and I learned a wonderful proverb that what you give out, you get back. Life's an echo. What you give out is what you get back. So if you're caring for people valuing, they'll start to engage with you and collaborate. And there's your discretionary effort, willing to get involved and collaborate. That's the holy grail of, of any organization, really. So I think, um, again, you think about an organization where people are you know, sort of they're anxious, they've poor performance because nobody cares about them. Who'd want to work for a company like that? So you've also got retention recruitment coming into it. If everybody's innovative or willing to get involved, collaborative, what a great organization that would be. So HR have got to get involved with this. And this is where I think the future lies is in, in an integrated approach to your strategy. Forget about your quality director and safety director, HR director, wellbeing director. It's about people. You should be thinking together about how we can improve how we value our people. Then we will get better quality, better safety, better well-being. Um, and we've done the research in sustain, into sustainability, where if people are in a good place, they do more at the weekends in the environment. Now, certainly during the pandemic, we've realized actually the environment's quite a good place without all these trucks and planes and stuff. People are starting to appreciate it a little bit more. So if we can actually get our people into a place where they feel cared for and valued in organizations, they, they're going to be more proactive out in the community as well with charities and all this sort of area. So a lot of good stuff comes out of a culture of care, caring for your people. And I think just to finish that off, Sally, is most organizations I talk to and listen to, they've got mental health first aiders. Nothing wrong with that. But the problem is they chuck them back into the same culture as where they got stressed in the first place. So why do we have a culture where we get rid of that stress? And uh, that's about caring for your people. Yeah, so what you're saying, Kevin, is that the health and safety executive at the moment are particularly focusing on mental health for individuals, particularly working at home because of the pandemic, et cetera. And organisations are striving to tick that box around mental health. But I think what you're saying is that we should deconstruct things to some extent and ensure that we deal with people on a much more holistic basis. And that's how 
will will obtain the results that are required of a caring culture and also successful and thriving businesses. Absolutely right. And I think we're missing a trick by focusing on, you know, we've got to be compliant on this and compliant on that. Um, we can get way beyond compliance. And all the research that we've done that we've seen, um, and I've got some great examples that um, Gallup did some, mm. um, some research into this. And they've proven that engaged employees take fewer unhealthy days off as a result of physical or mental illness less likely to be diagnosed with a new disease in the next year and to me most importantly less likely to be diagnosed with anxiety and depression because they're cared for because they're half an inch taller because they're valued and they feel valuable and yeah this sort of research is fantastic um there's a speaker who goes around called ken woodward um from i think his ex coca-cola lovely guy and um, he's on the circuit out there and to cut a very long story short, I spoke at a couple of conferences where Ken was um, attending. And I got to know Ken very well. And the long and the short of it was that Coca-Cola were focused on productivity. Get it done, get it done, yeah, get it out the door. The language was driving people's behaviours, as it does. Leadership language drives people's behaviours. Um, so they got just got it done. Um, Ken got blinded because he was trying to help just to get it done. And Coca-Cola said, what are we doing wrong? The people said, you don't care about us. So they changed things around. They got these emotional intelligent leaders in. They didn't focus on productivity. They cared about their people. Productivity at Coca-Cola went up 16% by not focusing on productivity because they cared about the people. There's a discretionary effort. There's your innovation coming through, your creativity. Um, we have uh, a very large or had a client, a very large telecommunication client. And we uh, interviewed thousands of people there and they were in a good place because they had good management in there that actually cared about them. They were more leaders and managers. Um, a new CEO came in and changed the whole sort of culture of the organization very quickly. We went back and interviewed the same people a couple of years later and none of them were going out into the community at the weekend. None of them were helping local charities. Nobody was collaborating. Nobody was bothered because nobody bothered about them. They became a number. And the organization suffered as a result. And the, more importantly, the people suffered because nobody cared about them anymore because they were focused on targets. So we've got to get rid of these targets. We've got to understand that you can hit all these targets, get beyond compliance and safety, well-being, all this sort of stuff by caring about your people. Um, lots more examples um, that I could go through. But um, you know, if, if you'd like me to go through those, I, I could. Or I could send them through to people. But uh, there's more and more um, proof coming through that this is absolutely the way to go. It's to focus on your people. Well, Kevin, I'm really grateful for you giving up your time today because that's been a really interesting discussion. I do think it's time for us to look at safety and well-being and all of those things in a very different way. And certainly from the points that you've brought out today, I can see that those are likely to be effective. So thank you very much for contributing to our podcast today. Um, if those of you listening to our podcast would like to hear more from DAC Beechcroft and from our regulatory team, please do get in contact with me. And I know that Kevin would be very happy to hear from you at OCADE if you've got any questions for him. So thank you all for listening today and um, please look out for our future podcasts. Thank you. Thank you.